0: Alright, did you bring your Bible today? Amen. This is, the, this is the most read thing that you want in your house. More than your phone, more than the computer, more than a newspaper, or anything like that. Reading the Word of God. So say with me. This is my Bible. I am what it says I am. I have what it says I have. I can do what it says I can do. Today I'll be taught the Word of God. I boldly confess... My mind is alert, my heart is receptive, I'm about to receive the incorruptible, indestructible, ever-living seed of the Word of God. I'll never be the same, never, 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 in Jesus' name, amen, hallelujah. Say, Doc, before Doc uh, Canosser, your parents, Doc, uh, can you hear me? how long, how long were your parents married? Last Sunday was 70 years. 70 years. So I just wanted to say that's a blessing. I know you guys celebrated with your parents. Your dad will be 96. Hallelujah. That's neat, Doc. <laughs> yeah, I just wanted to. I, I hear things like that. And that's a good testimony. Amen. You want uh, uh, marriages of God, but you got to work at it, right? You want to have a good marriage, you've got to work at it. This isn't automatic, but communication and so forth like that. God wants to bless your home, your family, uh, all those things like that. All right, let's look at the scripture. First of all, just in Haggai, I know it's not a book you maybe go to too much, a little book toward the end of the Old Testament. But it says, I'll shake the nations, they shall come to the desire of all uh, nations, I will fill this temple with glory, says the Lord of hosts. I just think of this as a prophetic word, uh, just the Lord taking care of us, amen. He's going to take care of you and I and the church. The silver is mine, the gold is mine, says the Lord of hosts. The glory of this latter temple shall be greater than the former, says the Lord of hosts. And in this place, I will give peace, says the Lord of hosts. And, and this, this peace, New Testament now, is in your life, amen. He wants you to walk in supernatural peace. 2021, I mean, we're starting this year, but God's already, he's Alpha and Omega. He's already been to this year, right? He knows everything. So, So our part is just to have our eyes on Jesus. Amen. Have your eyes on Jesus. Have your trust in Jesus Christ and your hope in him. And So today I want to just talk a little bit of time here on hope, hope for the future, hope for things that are in front of us. Now, Ephesians 2 uh, you know, the world in which we live, obviously you understand this, but the world is full of instability. Every, every country has a lot of instability right now. And, and it says, the time, there was a time you were without Christ, alienated aliens from the commonwealth of Israel, strangers from the covenants of promise, having no hope, and without, and without God in the world. No hope. Now, without Jesus Christ, there is no hope. There's no hope without outside of Jesus Christ. People put their trust in all kinds of things, anything they can grasp onto. So if it's, if it's their money, they'll hold on to that. But the money is a poor God, right? It's no hope there. If it's governments, they'll they put their trust in that, or a political party, or something like that. No, no. The only thing that is stable, the only one who is stable, is Jesus Christ. And if we are standing in Him, remember last week I talked about foundations and so forth. If we have the foundation of Jesus Christ, then you don't have to be shaken. You can stand firm against the storms of life. The storms of life are going to come. We live in a fallen world. Therefore, you prepare for adversity. Amen? You prepare for adversity. You get ready for adversity. It's like, it's like uh, an athlete knows if, if there's a play going to call, lots, lots of people, they get into a position, they get into a crouch, they're ready for what's going to happen. They're not just standing there with their arms folded like this. No, they're ready. They're ready for the next play. Basketball player gets low, football player gets low. People get, They lower their center of gravity, so they're positioned for what's going to happen. In Christ, we position ourselves for victory, see that's a good word you got. We position ourselves for victory. We plan for victory. We believe for victory. But we also understand with victory it implies that there's some sort of a battle, right? So, so you know the world is instability. You can't you can't look at the world and say, oh, those people are all crazy. That's just the way it is. If you don't have Jesus Christ, without God there is without God there is no hope. Don't misunderstand me. I know that in the world there are lots of little gods. We're talking about the God, the king of all kings. His name is Jesus Christ. If you're joining us on Facebook Live or YouTube or on the website, we just want to welcome you today. We just want to say Jesus loves you. Jesus loves you. He's as close as the mention of his name. If you're not even sure about what to believe, I just want to encourage you in the privacy of your home or wherever you're at to say Jesus Just speak that name of Jesus. There's power in that name of Jesus. And I want you to know that he loves you. Many people join us from a lot of different countries, some from different religions. But I want you to know that Jesus Christ loves you. And for our church family, hey, we love you. We miss seeing you face to face. So we want to bless you today. Some of you, you know, have some health issues, but we're speaking life to you in the name of Jesus. Healing, healing in your bodies in the name of Jesus. So when we have scripture, when you have scripture, it gives us hope. Now we go back up a couple, uh, uh, several verses in Ephesians to Ephesians 2, 4. Because because of all this, we were lost and so forth in the the world. But it says, but God, say, but God. God. He's rich in mercy. Isn't that wonderful? He's rich in mercy. You know, God's not out here to, to hammer on people. He's out here to bless people. He's out here to draw people to himself. And he's rich in mercy. I experienced that mercy before I knew Jesus. (laughs) I was lost, didn't know the Lord and so forth. But thank God for his mercy. And that he opened my eyes and I got saved. Hallelujah. So he's rich in mercy because of his great love wherewith he loves us. So now he's rich in mercy toward the lost. So how, how are you going to reach people in the world? You don't debate them with politics. You don't debate them with other stuff. You show the love of Jesus to people. Amen. You show the love of Jesus to people. You have compassion for people. Amen. God loves people. He just does. And so uh, we, just, we just want to allow him to use us so others can, through us, gather some hope because we serve a God of hope. And he's always giving hope. Jesus is always giving hope, even in desperate situations. I think of the story in the book of Luke, where, where, you know, the story, we all know the story of the woman with the issue of blood. But also came the story at that same time, that, that was when Jesus was going to the ruler's house, and his daughter had died. And Jesus said this, in Luke chapter, Luke chapter 8, verse 49-50, While Jesus was still speaking, someone came from the ruler of the synagogue's house. So Jesus had just talked to the woman who had reached out and touched him by faith, and she was made whole. And while he's still talking, then someone comes from the ruler's house and says, your daughter is dead. Do not trouble the teacher. Now, folks, these are horrible words. These are horrible words. If you get a phone call, you get a knock on the door, or someone says something, you know, that is like this. This is this is like, this is just one of the most awful things I can imagine hearing. And we, we face uh, death at times with our own daughter, but someone coming in saying your daughter's dead. It's kind of there's something so terminal about that, final. And Jesus though in this situation, Jesus notice what he said when Jesus heard it. He answered him, just like he, th- he turned right away and he says, do not be afraid, only believe she will be made well. Now this is the this, this is this circumstance, but what did Jesus give them? He gave them hope. And no matter how dark a situation is, God wants to give you hope. No matter what news you've heard, it could be personal, it could be about a family member, it could be about somebody else. He always wants to give you hope. He is in the hope business. This is his character. Hope hope is like a word of encouragement. Now, if we're in the Bible again, see, we have a whole book full of good, inspired word. Amen? See, so then he can use what we've read, what we've put in to this computer brain, and he can pull it out to say, Remember this. God never wants you to be afraid. He only wants you to believe, to believe in him, to trust in him. Sometimes things can get so dark, it's, it's almost like, will there be a tomorrow? Can I make it to tomorrow? He'll give you a word of hope. And that's all you need is one word for one day. As your days are, so shall your strength be. So one word, all I need is a word for today. I just need to make it through today. Sometimes I can remember being in bed at certain times just thinking, "Ah, I just want to get through this night so I can get up again for the next day. Get through this and get up. He'll help you when you look to him. He will help you and he'll give you a word. And the word will always bring hope. It's not like the word, in this situation, of course, Jesus went to the house and this daughter was raised up and so forth. But it's not always like everything just changes immediately. But our part is to have our trust in the Lord. Yeah. Amen? If we tune into all the other stuff of the world, it's going to drag you down. Let's look at Jeremiah 29. Jeremiah 29, they were in captivity for 70 years. Now, this is 70 years of discouragement and defeat. All right? 70 years where they're they're occupied by somebody else, all right? So when 70 years are completed for Babylon, I'm going to come to you, fulfill my gracious promise to you, and bring, bring you back to this place. Now this verse 11, see, is a verse we quote a lot. I know the plans for you, declares the Lord. Plans to prosper you, not to harm you. Plans to give you a hope and a future. We read that verse. That is a true verse. But that verse came in the midst of great despair. The verse came, well, they're still in an occupied force and things, it's not like they were really excited to sing and praise God. But that's when the verse came that the Lord says, I want to, I want to encourage you. I want to bring you a promise of hope. I want to, I want to let you know that I'm with you and I'm going to bring you out of this. If we, if we just let go and some people do this, some people say, you know, I've had it. I'm not going to church. I'm not going to read the Bible. I've had it with Christianity. And you can say that. You know, you can actually walk away from God and he'll let you walk away. He's not going to beg you to serve him. But he is good. And if we hold on, even no matter what we face, if we hold on, we're going to see the promises come to pass. We're going to see it come to pass. It's been a number of times, you know, I'm 68 now, but I realize, you know, not everything's been just just wonderful. Not everything's been perfect. But I think, hallelujah, I'm still here. I'm still praising the Lord. I still know that God is good. And I know that as long as I hang on to him, everything is going to be okay. We live in a fallen world. So living in the fallen world doesn't mean your job is perfect. Nobody has a perfect job. Doesn't mean you have a perfect marriage. Nobody has a perfect marriage. Doesn't mean you have perfect kids. Nobody has perfect kids. We're all part of a big club, right? But because of Jesus, it gives us hope that we can stand in victory. Amen? And so it's a question of what you want to listen to. The other day I was listening, I had something, I had some news on and so forth like that in my office here, and I was listening, playing in the background, and then I said to Jeannie after a while, I said, oh, I just got this splitting headache. Well, I was, everything I was listening to was doom, despair, misery, you know, and so forth. It was, it was a bad record playing there, right? And, and I just, I, and it was like a stress headache. And I just, I said, you know, what do you got to do? Turn it off. Amen. Turn to your neighbor and say, turn it off. Amen. Don't listen to the pessimism of the world that's going to drag you down. No, no, listen to the promises of God. See, some people can say, well you're just living in a dream world, you know. It's so, no, no, I'm living in a dream world. I'm living in reality. This is more real than this world. The spiritual realm is more real than the other. Amen. And so you do not have to be shaken by what's going on in the world. And let me just remind you again, God is not an American. Don't make the Bible an American book. It's not. This is an international book. It's a, it's a Middle Eastern book. You know, you find Christians in America, the sky has fallen, everything's going to hell, and I'm thinking, hey, wake up, folks. whole lot worse overseas. Amen. Thank you, Jeannie. <laughs> we just get an email from India and so forth, and they take a pastor, and they say, you're going to stop this. And they plague him and plague him and plague him. And finally, they came to the Hindu's take, and they took him out. And he said his wife, he says, he's leaving, he says, Don't stop serving Jesus no matter what happens to me. When they found his body a few days later, she said, I'm not going to stop serving Jesus. I'm going to keep proclaiming the good news. People in America complain over a gas pain. Oh, oh, I got a gas. It really hurts. It's hard. Folks, gas pains. It's easy. If you live in America, you're living on easy street. Let me just tell you that real plain. You're living on easy street. Your little grumbles, complaints doesn't matter around the world. All right? So we of all people should be people of hope. Because we have it very good. Very good. Remind yourself of that. All right? How good you have it. Here comes the promise in the midst of 70 years of discouragement and despair. Here's this promise I have plans for you, declares the Lord. He always does have plans for us. And his plans are good to prosper you, not to harm you, not to harm you. Don't ever believe the lie when when something bad happens. Well, God has a reason. Oh, that's a lie. God's not doing bad things, there is a devil. There's darkness. We're in the light. Amen? So God's plans are always good for good. Not to harm you. Plans to give you hope and a future. And so when you receive that, then he says, you're going to go and call upon me. And you're going to come and pray. And God says, I'm going to listen to you. So when you receive the promise, you're going to start to activate something. You're going to go and pray. You're going to start to seek the Lord. Amen? Next verse is there. It says, you'll seek me and find me when you search for me with most of your heart. Oh, I'm sorry. I misread that. All your heart. All your heart. Because we sometimes think, well, I've really, I've really made an effort, you know. Well, really? That's good. How long have you prayed? Well, you know, today I prayed for 15 minutes. And then, uh, you know, I'm, I'm going to read my I'm gonna read a chapter tonight. And we, we think, oh, this is all my heart. We have no idea. All is all. There's, you're, you're seeking God. Probably means the television's off. Hello. Probably means your phone's off. Hello. I'm, I'm always shocked. This is, this is how people walk nowadays. Oh, excuse me. It's how people walk. You can be sitting at a basketball game and here's, here's the student section. Probably texting the person four people down. All means all. Sometimes I think I've made a big effort, you know, and yet there's more, right? There's more. So you seek me, you seek Jesus, you seek, and if you're going to seek Him, uh, let's let's be real clear now. You're going to be in the Bible, hello, right? Probably going to be in praise, hello. You're going to be doing things like that, all right? So it's not you're not just religious or not a religious game. I listen to the I listen to the Christian station, okay. Don't listen. You want to sing. Right. You want something coming out of your mouth. You want to sing. You want to be a worshiper. You want to be in the word. You seek him with all your heart. He says, I'll be found by you, declares the Lord. I will bring you bring you back from your captivity. So so it's like a foundation again is something you dig deep. He says, I'll be found of you. Well, he wants effort. I I don't blame him. He gave his son for us. I would like effort too, right? (laughs) A coach wants effort from an athlete. Or or if you're teaching people in music, you want effort from them that they practice. So you want effort. And God expects us, you know, we're not going to earn our salvation. It's a free gift. Thank you, Jesus. But he does expect us to apply some effort. But then what happens? Hope comes. So in spite, of, in spite of adversity, in spite of a lot of different things like that, uh, I have a lot of hope. Amen. I'm a hopeful person. Amen. Because of who lives in me. Because of the promises that God gives me. Amen? Amen? Let's go to Romans chapter 4 a second. Romans chapter 4, verse 18. Now here's Abraham, who at an old age got a prophetic word. Amen. He's 75 when he gets the promise that he'll be a father of many nations. In the middle of that time, several years later, he wavers, and, and that's when Ishmael is born. But then the Lord, God is gracious, comes back and says, hey, you're going to have a child. He's 99 years old, all right, And Sarah's 90. So, so when he's, when the child is born, he's like 100. And he gets this promise that, that his wife's going to conceive, have a child, and they both laughed, so they named their child laughter. They both laughed. Isaac means laughter. I think God has a sense of humor. Sometimes you think, sometimes he'll give you something, and you think, how can that be? And it's like, you watch. I think he has a sense of humor. You know, Abraham laughed like, hey, 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 have you seen me lately here, you know? Have you seen my wife, you know? it's like, It's like, you think this is going to happen? And so Abraham laughs first. And then later, when the angels come back, and Sarah's, she's in the tent and she's laughing and, and uh, Abraham said, she said, no, I didn't laugh. He said, oh, you did too. I did. I already laughed when they told me this story. So, but here's something that kept, kept Abraham going was hope contrary to hope. So when something looks like it's not going to happen, circumstances are lined up against you. You have every reason to think doors, not going to open contrary to Hope, in hope, Abraham believed. So he became the father of many nations. All right? In hope. So contrary to hope, hope kept him going. And hope eventually will turn into faith. So you have to have hope. You got to have hope, keep hope alive. Because then faith, is, of course, is action. Turns into action from there. But you have to have hope. Hope is a springboard. Hope is like shock absorbers of life. And so Abraham, in the midst of, of this adversity, you know, uh, uh, sometimes people wake, wait a long time for a baby. That was their case. Never had a child. Now very old age, had a child. Hope is a good thing. Hebrews 11.1 one says, faith is a substance of things hoped for. So hope is something that will turn into faith, into action. But you have to hope first, right? You have things that you're hoping for. You have things that you're believing for. Things you're trusting God for. And, and, and uh, so as you're standing in the Word, all of a sudden, faith can begin to proceed to grow. And you can believe it. I mean, we're, we're in a building today. We're in a building today that we prayed for for many years. We, we met, we met in, in convention rooms for over nine years. So every Sunday... I'd pack my little Honda Civic and pack it with with uh, uh, sound equipment, different things. Haul it to the building, unload the things, set up things, set up chairs, get things going, all kinds of things like that. Hoping, hoping. I remember Proverbs says, "Hope deferred makes the heart sick." So many times I felt sick. I just like, I was just like, ugh, ready, ready to throw in the towel, ready to quit. And every time I'm ready to quit, God will give me a word. Amen. you know if you keep running to the Lord, he'll give you a word. so every time you're just ready to quit' you're like, "Ah, here's a word oh, thank you, Lord." Amen. So little by little, so we meet, we meet, we trust God, we hope, we hope, maybe get sick, want to cast it away, then we hope some more, Amen. and then faith comes to sight. In fact, in fact, when we bought this land i was uh, I was just came back from Brazil, from South America. And we had looked at all kinds of places. We would knocked on all kinds of doors. I think I ran into so many doors, my nose would be flat, you know, just from running into doors, trying to push on doors. Uh-huh. Bible says he'll open a door that no man can shut. Well, I mean, he didn't open those doors. You know, I kept running into them. And then I come back and then, and then another church called us who owned this specific tract of land here. And said, are you still looking for land? Because we need a boiler and so we'd like to sell our land. Would you want to buy it? I'm thinking, yes. And I thought this is so easy, it must be a trap. It must be a trap here, you know. But it was easy. Just met and and uh, exchanged the money and the deed and so forth, and the line was ours. And then we started this building. We hoped. I wrote plans in hope. Wrote plans, changed plans, wrote plans, changed plans, wrote plans, changed plans. In those days, you actually wrote plans on paper. Now you can do it on a computer. And then we had a miracle Sunday. Yeah. And we had a little group of people. And we got some money that the goal where we wanted to be. And so we stepped out in faith. But it was something now, hope turned into like a gift of faith. All of a sudden, it's ours. We'll do it. It's all going to work out. And it did. Every bit of it. It's one of those one times. One a specific time in my life where the gift of faith was an operation. But many things, folks, in life will quit if we don't have hope. You have to keep hope alive. And it's the word of God that's going to nurture your hope. He'll give you a promise that you can hope on. You can hang on to that. When I got my cancer diagnosis, I'm called by a doctor. Very... Blunt. Is this Dave? Yep, it is. You have cancer. You have to see us right away. You have aggressive cancer. We've got to meet right away. Well, that's not a call you want. It's not a call you like. But I sat down. I just looked at the Lord. See, you know, how many know you get a call about something? It doesn't take God by surprise. How many already knows where you've been? He already knows that. Knowing that, just like, Thank you, Jesus. Is that in a chair? Thank you, Jesus. And it wasn't. But hours later, and the Lord said to me, "Make plans to have fun." I'm thinking, "Make plans to have fun." <laughs> you know, I face a lot of different things here. I face a big cancer surgery, all kinds of stuff like that. And he said, "Make plans to have fun." As we did, that we assumed that after such and such a time, we're going to do some as a family, go have some fun. I mean, that might sound strange, but what does that do? It gives you hope. What is the hope for? That you're going to live. Amen. That you're going to carry on. Amen. That you're going to do well. Make plans for it. Hope, faith is the substance of things hoped for. So you hope for something and then all of a sudden substance comes to it. And you see, wow. i are going to see it happen. In Jesus' name. Amen? Amen. Hebrews 6 says God won't forget what you've done. Hebrews 6. He won't forget what you've done. He knows what you've done. He knows, he knows your heart. And he says, desire, we desire, each one of you show the same diligence to the full assurance of hope until the end. So in other words, you have to keep hoping, full assurance of hope. Keep going, you keep ministering. In other words, in other words, he's saying here, "I know what you've done. don't quit. Don't quit on life. Some people get older and they quit on life. And then again, I've met some people in the nursing home, and they're, they're about as optimistic as like, and they're not going to live too much longer. But very optimistic. That's how you want to live your life. You want to live your life with hope in your heart. I mean, it's not. It's not maybe that. Oh, this all is going to change, but there's still a purpose and a reason for your life. There's still a reason to be around here. There's still a reason to pray. There's still a reason to, and praise God today with all the stuff. Social media. You go around the world encouraging people. That's what we do. I mean, I mean. Jeannie's uh, our tech person that, that just constantly, day and night, going around the world, encouraging people. That's what we encourage them. Folks, we don't tell them about American politics. They don't care about American politics. America's almost to them like this side of heaven. Because it's so nice here. You can't tell them, oh, things are hard. No, they're not hard. It's like, it's like my friend in the Middle East who faces death Daily. In the Syrian refugee camps. And then someone writes him from the West Coast where there's a ministry out there. And they said, things are kind of tough because it's hard to meet now in person because of COVID. And I'm thinking, things are tough. Things are tough. I mean, it's a joke. Joke to him. He's living where people are dying daily, where people are in squalor. There's all kinds of stuff. Don't talk about social distancing, by the way. (laughs) And then someone from America, it's tough in America. (laughs) Pardon me while I laugh for a little bit. Not tough in America. It's a reality check for Americans. If you're watching this, do yourself a favor and share this with somebody else. Reality check for Americans. It's not tough. You're actually living in good times. Don't forget that. These are good times. We have the freedom of speech to share the gospel of Jesus Christ. These are good times. Freedom of speech to share the gospel of Jesus. Living wonderful times. A great place to live. Good things are happening. Don't bite into the poison of the world. Don't do that. All right? Because good things are happening. It is a great time to live for Jesus. Great time to live for Jesus. God knows exactly where we're at. We want to have the same diligence, full assurance of hope until the end. So we don't become sluggish, but we imitate those who through faith and patience inherited the promises. So we don't kind of, oh yeah, God doesn't care. Things are hard. I don't know what to do. American, all written all over it. No. Full assurance of hope until the end. Verse verse 18, God and his word don't change, amen. None of that changes. Two immutable things, God, his word. It's impossible for God to lie. So when he speaks, he he stands by his word, by the way. We can have strong encouragement who fled for refuge to lay hold of the hope set before us. We flee away from the discouragement of the things of the world We flee for the refuge of Jesus Christ to lay hope of Jesus, hope of the gospel that is set before us. Amen? The message is for people to cleave to Jesus, run to Jesus. For some Christians, their message today is politics. Sad, wrong, wrong, wrong message, dump it. The message is Jesus Christ. Amen. The message is that God loves this world. The message is that he's rich in mercy. Yeah. So we flee to lay hold of the hope that is set before us. This hope becomes an anchor. Becomes an anchor. It's sure and it's steadfast. And which enters the presence, uh, presence of the, behind the veil. So we enter this presence of Jesus, but we have this anchor that holds us in the storm. It's Like the foundation again that's on the rock that isn't shaken. If you don't have an anchor, you're going to drift. So anchors, they put them in boats because then it puts them, allows them to remain in the same area. But if you don't have an anchor, it can even be a light wind. You can be doing stuff and so forth, and pretty soon, all of a sudden, whoa, we're by the rocks. And you're not even aware that you're being moved. Not even aware that you're being moved, but being moved. Some people have been moved from the hope of the gospel to another message, politics and different things. No, no, come back to the hope of the gospel. It's the hope of the gospel. It's the hope of Jesus Christ. He is our only hope. Without him, there is no hope. Incidentally, let's let's be real clear. In the book of Revelation, every nation will follow the beast. So let's be real clear about this. It's not like any nation, oh, they're just favored more over all the others. No, no, no. Every nation's going to follow the beast at some point. What really matters, what really matters in our life, the little life we have left here right now before Jesus comes or whatever, what really matters is how many other people make it into heaven. That's what really matters. Because this world in and of itself doesn't matter. I'm talking about material things. I'm talking about this relationship with Jesus. That's what matters. So you want to use your media in every way possible, sharing Jesus. And lifting people's eyes to Jesus. Because the world is a dark church dark. But the darker it is, the more the lights shine. Why at Christmas? Why do people go out at Christmas and they go out and they look, Oh, look at all the pretty lights. Do they go out during the day and look at the lights? No, no, don't see them during the day. Don't see the colored lights during the day. Don't see all the things lit up during the day because it's daytime. But at nighttime, when it's the darkest, it's the prettiest. At nighttime, it shines the brightest. So the actual truth is, the day in which we live is such a tremendous day of opportunity. Because the darker it is, the more you shine. The darker it might look outside, the, the brighter your light is to other people. The more they're going to see you, where in the daytime, won't won't notice you at all. But if my flesh is in the world, if my flesh is clinging to all the things of the world, well, I'm going to be troubled. But if my heart is with Jesus, then I can rejoice. You can use the things of the world. That's fine. But we've got to know we're passing through this life. We're just passing through every one of us. You're watching here right now. You're just passing through this life. You're here for a moment. Your life is but a breath. And this is an impact you can make on your life right now as people around you. Amen? I would start with your family. Hallelujah. Start with your family. I would start texting. I would start doing things. You know, families can say, yeah, I already know that, Dad. Yeah, I already know this. I don't care if you know it. I'm going to say it again. If you're a parent, you have a right to speak into your kids' lives. Amen? If you know other people, you, you in Christ, you have... Been authorized to share love. You're not condemning people. We're giving them life. Just want you to know how much Jesus loves you. Just want you to know how much God cares about your life. Amen? I do that. I do that a lot. And it's easy. Click, 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 click. Send it. Thank you, Jesus. Click, click, click. click, Send it. Livingston College. God bless you. God bless you, Livingston He's in rural Liberia, Banga area of Liberia. God bless you for preaching the gospel, for proclaiming the good news. And we bless your church and your ministry there and your family. Victory, Holy Life, Tabernacle. Thank God bless you today. Thanks for joining us today. I know there's from other countries. We just bless you today. You understand what I'm talking about. People watching there, you understand that real clearly. But we bless you in Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. So we have an anchor. Can you say hallelujah? Hallelujah. An anchor that causes us to stand. Let me just give you a couple more verses quick. 1 Peter 3.15. People will ask you why you are hopeful. This is good. Be ready. You sanctify the Lord in your heart. So you're saying, all right, Jesus, I'm going to follow you. I'm going to live for you. I'm going to trust you. And always be ready to give a defense. mm, This is New King James. I guess King James has given answer to everyone who asks you a reason of the hope that is in you with humility, meekness, and fear. So you're ready to give an answer to everyone. Now notice they're going to ask you. Now what does that mean? It means you're on your job working, and somehow you just enjoy work. You enjoy getting up. You enjoy coming to work, and you're an optimistic person. Incidentally, I think Christians should be the most optimistic people in the world. This is not just like a mind thing. Oh, No, no, it's a relationship thing. You should be the most optimistic people in the world. You should be some of the best workers where you're at. And so, and so, people will ask you then, like, like, a reason of the hope that's within you. Why are you hopeful? What, what makes you tick? And so you can tell them what makes you tick, that you have a relationship. Well, I... I have my trust in Jesus Christ. Well, don't you know what's going on in the United States and all this stuff like that? No, I have a relationship with Jesus Christ. I'm not moved. I'm not moved by external circumstances. I'm not a politician. Nor was Jesus, by the way. Hello, Jesus was not a politician. He came to do His Father's business. And that is to save people, right? So people, I want to believe that people are going to come up to us and ask us, why are you hopeful? Why are you happy? What, what makes you tick in your life? Yeah. Amen? And look for opportunities. We, we saw, I don't know, God only knows how many contractors or subcontractors. And invariably we say, can we speak a blessing over you? You know, someone's standing there with a drill or something like, okay, you know. And we speak blessings over them. And they were all like, like, those are nice people here. Their house are nice people. Look for opportunities. They're around you all the time. They really are. They're around you all the time. See, see some people think the gospel is, you've got to get out here and repent. There could be a place for that. But most of the time, Jesus was coming, bringing life. And he would offer this love and offer this life and people would want to just turn to him. And when you turn to Jesus, you just automatically turn from the things of the world. You pray a life prayer. <laughs> you pray a life prayer. So hope makes us op- op- optimistic. Better days are ahead. Say with me. Better days are ahead. 1 Corinthians 13, 7. Hope, it says, bear, a love bears all things, believes all things. Love hopes all things. Hopes. Love hopes optimistically for good things. What does that mean? Good outcomes. Unbelief for something good to happen. Now understand me, I know there's people, they they're not in our church or so forth, and people say, Well, I got this bad report, they're gonna do this and this and that. And I just I agree with them where they're at. You know, they might say this give this terrible report and just say, you know, I'm gonna believe for a better outcome. I'm going and I, it's not not like I'm anything, I'm just gonna I'm just I am gonna believe for a better outcome. I'm going to believe for something better to happen than what they're saying. Amen. That things will get better. Romans 15:13. We serve a God of hope. If we hope, it says He'll fill us, He'll fill us with joy and peace. Now, boy, this is something we need, right? Don't, 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 don't be sucking on the on the sour pickle to the world. Our Christians and all are just like this, and they're angry and stuff like that. Boy, let's get rid of that. Amen. How about some happy people? I sign up for that. Hallelujah. How about a bunch of happy Christians? I cannot believe how sour Christians become. Wrong. As if Jesus died all over again and they don't have a savior. Hope will fill you with joy and peace. Hallelujah. So what does it say? It makes people want what you've got then. Makes them want, why are you happy? Why, why are you whistling? Why are you skipping? Why are you humming away? Amen. It makes them want what you've got. You didn't. This isn't a pill you took from the world. No, this is the gospel you took from the word of God. So it fills you with joy and peace in believing. You look at, you can abound in hope. Of course, it's the Holy Spirit that does it, but you can abound. You can have so much hope. It's like overflowing, like, oh man, what a good day this is. Is that right? Amen. See, I mean, how, you, how, you, how do you want to look at people? You want to look at people through the eyes of Jesus. The filter is Jesus Christ. He loves them. Amen. It is a lie from the enemy to get people distracted. Pretty soon it's like, well, they're not in the right party. Well, they have all these sins. Well, they have this in their lives. Amen. Boy, all the more you want to run to them. Amen. Right? All the more you want to be friendly. I think I'm talking to the right crowd. You're you're watching there. I'm talking to you then, I guess. The people didn't say anything here. I'm talking to you. You want to be friendly. You want to be, you want to abound in hope. You want to have joy and peace in believing. The things that pull peace away from you, turn them off. So that might mean turning off your news or your news feed. But tune in to Jesus. Folks, these are the times we're living in. And they're good times. And if you go through the Bible, you see Daniel lived through several administrations that weren't so good. But he shined for God. The same in the book of Acts. They lived through harsh things, but they shined for God. We're we're not really living through harsh things, but we can still shine for God. Amen. Amen? This is a good word for us today to give us hope. Amen? So let's lift our hands here. Father, we thank you for hope. We thank you. You are a God of hope. We thank you. You nourish us with hope. You fill us with hope that we can abound in hope. Hallelujah. And Father, I pray for everybody listening even right now. They would have joy and peace. Joy and peace. Things that are part of the kingdom. Hallelujah. Righteousness, peace, and joy. Joy and peace. Joy and peace. I pray these things would saturate people in Jesus' name. Saturate your people, Lord, I'm speaking of. Saturate the believers. Saturate the Christians in Jesus' name. Joy and peace. We thank you for this day that you've given to us. And we thank you, Lord, even the opportunities this week, Lord, to give an answer of the hope that lies within us. Thank you, Holy Spirit, for helping us. We give you praise, Father, in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen, amen, amen. You can hit the share button. Hit the share button. Share it with a friend. Amen. In Jesus' name. Our God is an awesome God. He from heaven above. Thank you for listening to this inspirational message. We trust that you were encouraged in your faith. For additional information or resources, please contact the church at 605 692 4616. You can email us at holylife at burkins.net